Welcome to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast, where you can listen to everything related to the game of golf. Golf tips to help you improve your golf game, entertaining interviews, discussions about the latest in golf equipment, and so much more. Now, here is your host, PGA professional, Steve Goforth. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of Go Forth and Golf, episode number 24. I am your host, Steve Goforth, PGA professional at Willow Creek Golf Club and owner of Go Forth Golf Instruction. I greatly appreciate you pressing that play button today. Got some really good topics I'm going to go over with you. Number one, I want to remind you about some etiquette, some things that sometimes we tend to forget. So I got several things I just want to remind you of. Whether you're a beginner golfer, whether you've been playing for years, it doesn't matter. I think these are things you need to hear, need to be reminded of, or maybe you need to take these things you're going to hear today and go tell someone else you know that may not be so great at these things, regardless it's something you need to hear or be reminded about. And then I'm going to talk to you about how to master windy conditions. We watched the Open Championship this past weekend. Even though conditions weren't as windy as they normally are, I'm going to get into that here in just a little bit, typically it does present very windy conditions, and it kind of inspired me to teach you how to master those windy conditions once you get out there, because quite frankly, they can be a little intimidating. I'll be honest with you, sometimes I'd rather play in a pouring rain than I would really windy conditions. It's just something it does to our psyche when we're out there. So these tips will help you a lot and just make you more confident when you get in those windy conditions. Before we jump into all of that, let me talk to you about the Open Championship that we watched. Congratulations to Colin Morikawa for becoming the Champion Golfer of the Year in his inaugural Open Championship. That's very impressive. This year's tournament was the 149th edition of the Open Championship. Of course, it was played at Royal St. George's. And the first time in two years that we've seen the Open Championship because of the pandemic last year. They had to cancel it, of course. And like I was saying earlier, the Open Championship, some of you may refer to it as the British Open. If you refer to it as the British Open over there, you're going to get some dirty looks. It's always referred to as the Open Championship in that neck of the woods. But typically, they have that that real dreary weather, that rainy, kind of cloudy, overcast conditions, and then the heavy winds. But this year, we didn't see that. It was very mild, sunny pretty much the whole weekend. And that really set up some extremely favorable scoring opportunities for the players. As you could tell, they were taking advantage of it. And it kind of shortens that golf course up a little bit, too, because of the terrain that ball's going to hit. It's going to roll out forever, it seems like. And there's just no wind either helping it or drastically hindering that ball flight. So that that part I really missed this year. I, I love that I love the Open Championship because of everything I mentioned earlier. Those conditions are so much tougher. The rough is outrageously deep. And then you throw in the windy conditions, the dreary conditions. It just makes for some really interesting golf. I missed that. But maybe we'll get that back next year. Some great golf was played by Louis Oosthuizen, so congrats to him. Even though he didn't win the championship, he played some great golf. He set that 36-hole scoring record for the Open Championship. We also saw great play by Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, John Rahm had another great major championship, and of course, Jordan Spieth. I was hoping he could walk away with that Open Championship. Just was not meant to be for him this year, but obviously played absolutely fantastic all four days of the tournament nothing to be ashamed of at all by jordan 
And Collins' win was his fifth PGA Tour victory, his second major in less than a year. So he is obviously a huge star in golf right now, and he is headed for who knows what. I mean, this kid is young. He's extremely talented. The sky's the limit for him. And I'm really excited to see if we can tack on some more major wins and obviously some more PGA Tour victories. I feel very confident he will. We're going to see so much of Colin over the next several years, and it's just exciting to see him be this successful this this early in his career. So again, congrats to Colin. And I thought I'd do something a little different here. I, I It always interests me to know what these guys are playing with. So I looked up what Colin had in his bag and I wanted to share it with you. He's clearly tailor-made from head to toe. I mean, everything in his bag is pretty much tailor-made. Starting with the driver, he's playing the tailor-made Sim, 9-degree with a Mitsubishi Diamata, 60-gram extra stiff shaft. Head down to his 3-wood, he's, he's playing a tailor-made Sim, 14 degrees. Again, a Mitsubishi Diamata white, 80-gram shaft. Going down to his hybrid, he's playing a tailor-made Sim 2 Rescue, 3-hybrid, which is 19 degrees. Again, a Mitsubishi Diamata White at 80 grams. For the irons, he's playing a P770 for his 4-iron. And then he's playing the P7MC for his 5 through 9. And then he's playing the P730 for his pitching wedge. He's kind of mixing and matching those irons there with a True Temper Dynamic Gold Tour Series X100 shaft in those. For his wedges, he's playing the TaylorMade MG2 50-degree and the MG2 High Toe 60-degree. Also with the True Temper Dynamic Gold Tour Series S400 in those shafts. So he's playing an X100 in the irons, but he's playing an S400 in the wedges. His putters, a TaylorMade TP Juno, and then finally playing that TaylorMade TP5 golf ball. Kind of surprised me on that. I figured maybe he's playing a TP5X, but I got to thinking, well, he is playing the Open Championship. They have really firm, fast greens there. Maybe he needs something that was going to hold a little bit better. And that TP5 ball is going to spin a little bit more for him. So I'm guessing that's probably why he's playing that golf ball. So I thought that was interesting, what they're playing, what's in the bag. I thought I'd share that with you. It's always neat to know what these guys are playing, especially when they win a major championship. And maybe you're playing some of the same equipment as Colin. Who knows? But as you can see, he is tailor-made throughout the entire bag. And let me tell you, it works for him. And he needs to stick with it. And TaylorMade makes some impressive equipment, as you know. And I know TaylorMade's very proud of him for winning the Open Championship with their equipment. All right, so I'm going to jump right in to episode number 24. Again, i got some great topics for you. Let's tee it up. Oh, he got all of that one. This podcast episode is brought to you by Stretch Lab on Augusta Road, Greenville's best assisted stretching studio. Experience how a full-body, one-on-one assisted stretch can help you increase your range of motion and flexibility, alleviate those muscle pains, improve performance and posture, and release that unwanted stress. Best of all, it's going to help you improve your golf swing. Get started by booking your 50-minute intro stretch for only $49. It's a terrific deal. Stretch Lab will transform your life through a dedicated and highly customized stretching routine. Their team of certified flexologists will take you through the Stretch Lab experience that's like no other. Give them a call at 864-808-3125 to set up your appointment and visit their website at stretchlab.com. Begin your journey with Stretch Lab and start becoming more flexible, healthier, and feeling so much better. In this episode, I wanted to talk to you about etiquette and give you some reminders that I think are really important and are oftentimes forgotten about. These etiquette reminders 
can really apply to you. It doesn't really matter if you've been playing the game for years or if you're new to the game of golf. These are things we all need to understand and we all need to remember. We all need to pay close attention to and and treat with great importance when we're out there on the golf course. If you've listened to my past episodes, you know I've already touched on etiquette somewhat, but I wanted to come back and revisit that again because some of the things I'm going to talk about today are things I see on a daily basis, and I think it's just really important to remind you and really kind of remind myself about the importance of these things. Etiquette is something that is tremendously overlooked or taken for granted or forgotten about within the game of golf and sometimes, quite honestly, in the game of life, and golf really helps teach that. There's a lot of principles, there's a lot of values that we learn in golf that we take throughout our life. And you've heard me talk about First Tee in the past. I've brought on some representatives, Laura Maurer and Michael Pius, who represent the First Tee. And we talked about that and what they're doing for kids. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later. But they founded that based on core values in life, and they use those core values to teach the kids. And I love that aspect of the program because it's something that, again, we just tend to lose sight of. So get ready to take some notes. I think you're really going to learn a lot, and I think it's going to really hit home with you on some things maybe you've forgotten about or maybe you didn't really know about or think of in the past. The first etiquette reminder I want to talk to you about is be early for your tea time. This is something that I see a lot, and I'm sure other golf courses see this as well. The thing you want to remember when you make a tea time, let's just say you make your tea time for 11 a.m., You don't want to be checking in at the golf shop at 11 a.m. That's the time you should be teeing that golf ball on the ground. You need to be checking in at least 30 minutes prior to your tee time. That gives you plenty of time to go get your golf clubs, get your golf cart, get loaded up, maybe go putt, maybe go chip, maybe go hit some range balls, grab you something to eat, grab you something to drink before you head to the golf course. But the biggest thing there is you don't want to arrive at the golf course at your scheduled time because at that point you're late. And of course, I know there's going to be situations where you just can't get there on time. Life gets in the way. Traffic gets in the way. If that happens to you and you're running behind, pick up your phone, give the golf course a call and say, hey, just want to let you know my tee time is 11 o'clock. I'm running a little bit behind. I'm so sorry. I will be there. Just want to let you know I'm on my way. That way, the golf course can kind of make adjustments, kind of shift some things around to accommodate that. There's nothing worse than a golfer coming in at their tee time or even beyond that. Walk in, hey, I had an 11 o'clock tee time. It's 11.10. And then you have to look at them and say, well, I'm so sorry. I don't know when I can get you out there because we're so backed up today. It may not be until 12.30 or 1 o'clock before I can get you out there because I got a lot of people in line there. And then they get upset with you. So please be conscientious of your time. Think of it like this. If you make a reservation for 6 p.m. at a restaurant and you show up at 6.10, More than likely, they've already given that table to somebody else, and you've got to wait for the next table to come open, or you've got to go in line with all the other reservations that have already been made. So being early for your tea time kind of boils down to respect and courtesy and responsibility. And those are the things I'm going to talk about a little bit later on when I touch on those core values I mentioned that First Tea really emphasizes. So please be early for your tee time. If you're not, if life gets in the way, traffic gets in the way, give the golf course a call. Let them know you're running behind so they can start making some adjustments to accommodate you the best they can. I know during the pandemic, raking bunkers was not favorable. You know, people didn't want to pick up a rake due to the coronavirus. and We actually removed rakes from our golf course during that time. 
Now I think it's starting to become a little safer to get out there and pick up that rake and rake those bunkers. If you still feel a little uncomfortable with that, you can always grab a towel off your golf bag, wrap it around the rake, and rake that bunker after you're done. Raking bunkers is something that has really gone by the wayside, and it is not a good situation right now on the golf course. People have just absolutely forgotten about it, and some people just, quite honestly, don't care. They just get in there, they hit their bunker shot, and out they go. They're already irritated they were in the bunker, and they're even more irritated if they hit a bad bunker shot. Last thing they want to do is rake that bunker. But you got to understand it goes back to being courteous to the people coming in to that hole behind you. Last thing you want to do is hit your golf ball in a bunker and it lands in a footprint or it lands in a blast mark made by somebody else because they weren't courteous enough to rake that. I'm a firm believer that if you take care of the golf course, the golf course is going to take care of you. You're going to get those favorable bounces or you may get that ball that rolls in the hole you didn't think it was going to because you're being respectful of the golf course, you're looking after the golf course. You always want to leave that course the same or better than what you found it. And that's kind of what I try to pride myself on. I don't know how many times I've been in a bunker seeing that there's footprints and blast marks. Even though I didn't make them, I went ahead and raked them anyway just because I'm trying to be courteous to those coming in behind me and I want to try to help the golf course out as well and help them look their very best. It's just about taking pride in things, right? You take pride in what you're doing. You take pride in the good work you see other people doing. And I just think that's so important. So please start raking those bunkers. If you're uncomfortable picking up a rake, grab your towel, wrap it around the rake. Use that as you rake the bunker. But let's get back to that. I know there's some bunkers out there. We were guilty of it as well at Willow Creek. We're trying to redo some of our bunkers. Some of our bunkers do not have the sand in them we want to have in there. And we're working on that. And some people look at that and say, I don't feel like raking this thing. It's a little bit muddy anyway. Heck with it. I'm not going to worry about it. But it does matter. I mean, you can take a rake over that area and kind of fluffing it up better. If somebody would have done that for you, you might have had a better lie in there. So don't judge a golf course based on what that bunker may look like because you don't know what that golf course may be doing or what they may be planning for that bunker. And that might be the best they can do at that point in time with that particular bunker. Just try to make it the best you possibly can because I know the golf course, if they're taking pride in it like we do, we want those bunkers to be pristine. Even though we may not have the ability to do it just yet, We're working towards that, but every golf course, I can promise you there's not a single golf course out there in the country or in the world, really, that doesn't want their bunkers or their golf course looking the best it could possibly look. So your help with that is always greatly, greatly appreciated. So get out there, rake those bunkers better, and be courteous to those golfers that may be playing that hole after you. Something we don't really think about very much are broken tees. How many times have you walked up to a tee box and you've seen broken tees laying all over the place? It's not very appealing, obviously. And also trash. There's candy bar wrappers, there's drink cups, there's cigarette butts, whatever the case may be. Going back to that courtesy thing I mentioned before, be courteous. Pick up your broken tee. A lot of times a golf course may have a container next to the tee box you can put it in. If not, take it and put it in the little cubby hole in your golf cart. Just something to get it off the ground and uh, out of sight. And it just makes that tee box look so much better. I've been at golf courses before and I'll see trash laying out in the middle of the fairway. Maybe a candy wrapper blew out of the golf cart. I'll swing by and pick it up real quick. Toss it in my cubby hole there in my golf cart and throw it away at the trash can at the next hole. Again, I just kind of have this mentality or this mindset that I want to help out. And I want to help that golf course look the best it can and give the best presentation it can even though I may not even be affiliated with that golf course. I'm just there as a guest. 
And you should especially have this outlook if it's your home course. So next time you're on that tee box, pick up those broken tees if you see them. Throw them in the container there or the trash can next to the tee box. Or like I mentioned earlier, put them in your golf cart and throw them away at the next trash can you may see. I can promise you, you'll feel better about it once you do this. And the golf course will tremendously appreciate what you're doing. As well as the other golfers are going to be playing that golf course as well. The next thing I want to remind you about is keeping up with the group in front of you. This is so important for pace of play. Pace of play is probably the biggest deterrent from an enjoyable round of golf. How many times have you been on the golf course and gotten so frustrated because the players in front of you are slow, you see a two-hole gap in front of them, and you're thinking to yourself, I'm never going to get done with this round, and then that starts affecting each shot you take because you're frustrated, you're irritated. It all goes back to the respect word that I keep mentioning to you and the courtesy word that I keep mentioning to you, responsibility. Keep up with that group in front of you because you are ensuring a good pace of play for the rest of the golf course behind you. And sometimes it's real easy for golfers to forget about everything going on around them, whether it's in front of them or behind them. They're so focused on what's going on in their group. They're focused on shooting a good score. I totally get it, but there's much more to it than just us. We have to remember that there are other people out there that we're sharing this golf course with that day. And... You want to have an enjoyable round, and so does everybody else out there. You want to go at a great pace of play, right? You want to get out there and play in four hours or less if possible. Have a great round and enjoy your time with your friends or family. So does everyone else out there. So please remember that. Do your part. Keep up with that group in front of you. If a ranger has to come around to you and remind you about speeding up, don't give that ranger grief. Be respectful of that ranger. He's doing his job. He's trying to make sure that pace of play is going well. Be respectful of him. Be courteous of him. And understand your responsibility out there on the golf course that you are there to help maintain a great pace for your group and for the groups behind you. That ranger, he or she, they have a thankless job. They're out there having to tell people to speed up or tell people not to do something. And that's an uncomfortable position to be in, quite honestly. So the last thing they want is to be given a hard time when they have to remind you to keep up with the group ahead of you. Some of the things we've heard is when we see a group that's slow, they'll say, well, I don't see that group behind me. Uh, you know, We're staying out of the way of the people behind me. Maybe, but you're two holes behind from the group ahead of you. Eventually, that group behind you, they may catch up with you, or they may be purposely hanging back because they know you're playing slow. They don't want to wait on you. And then behind them, this really stacking up. So that's the thing you want to think about is just keep up with the group in front of you. Don't try to get out of the way of the people behind you. Keep up with the group ahead of you. That way, if everybody's doing that, that pace is going to go fantastic. I can promise you. We've seen days where our pace of play has been phenomenal. That's because almost every group did their job, kept up with the group ahead of them, and things went fantastic. So keep that in mind next time you're on the golf course. If you lose sight of that group in front of you, do everything you can to catch back up with them. All right, so I'm going to go back to that word respect again. I know I'm, I'm beating that word to death here, but be respectful of other people around you, especially if you're on a golf course that has houses that are bordering the golf course property. I know that it's frustrating to hit that slice and it goes into a, someone's backyard. You don't want to lose that golf ball. But you have to remember that that golf course is its own property and those homes are their own property. So it's private property that you're walking into someone's yard. 
to retrieve your golf ball. So I know some people have the mindset of, well, you live on a golf course. You got to expect people walking near your yard. And that's not the case. That golf course, again, is its own separate property. If you hit your golf ball in that person's yard, if your golf club can't reach it, if your ball retriever can't reach it, you really need to leave it there. Last thing I'm going to do, I'm not going to walk into somebody's yard and try to find my golf ball. I'm the one that hit it over there. I hit the errant shot. That's on me. It's not any fault of the person living in that home. I'm not going to disrespect them by walking in their yard or walking up to their back deck to search for my golf ball. And I'm definitely not going to be hitting my golf ball out of their yard. If I see my golf ball in someone's yard, I may quickly run over, grab it, and run back if it's not too far into the property. If I see someone out there, I may ask them, hey, is it okay if I come in your yard and grab my golf ball real quick? Again, I'm just trying to be courteous and respectful of their property. But I cannot tell you how many times we see people that are very rude to homeowners. They just don't care. And homeowners would then get angry with them. There's words said. It's just not a good situation at all. And it goes back to what I mentioned earlier. There are golfers out there that think, well, you know what? You live on a golf course. You need to expect that and you need to be okay with the fact I'm going to walk in your yard. Again, that's just not the case. If you see a homeowner get frustrated with you, it's probably because they've had five or 10 other golfers do the exact same thing or worse than what you're doing. And um, they just get frustrated. doesn't mean they need to lash out at you by any means. And there needs to be some some courtesy on their behalf as well. But again, it all kind of falls back on the golfer of being respectful of the people around you. And that doesn't just mean the houses that are bordering golf courses. That means other groups, whether it's a group in front of you, making sure you don't drive into them or hit into them. It means the staff at the golf course. It means other golfers that you may encounter there at the golf course, whether it be waiting at a hole, whether it be in the grill, whether it be in the golf shop. Please don't lose sight of having respect for people. And that's something that I know that you can probably say you've seen happen out there so many times. How about on the road? I mean, you're driving down the road. How many disrespectful people do you see out there on the road? Cutting you off, riding your bumper, pulling out in front of you, whatever the case may be. We get so irritated, don't we? We get so frustrated because it's like, hey, I'm here. What are you doing? Why are you doing this to me? Why are you cutting me off? Why are you pulling out in front of me? It's so frustrating. If everybody had the mindset of being more respectful to one another, everything would be so much better, wouldn't it? So try your best to display that respect to those around you because it will greatly benefit you in the long run. So those are the etiquette reminders I want to give to you today. I encourage you to go out and just research etiquette of the game because there's so many other things I did not talk about today that we need to be reminded of. And maybe we need to tell people that we know that do not exhibit these qualities. I mentioned to you about first tee and, and nine core values that they really emphasize to their students. And I wanted to highlight those now. I want to list these for you. Make note of them, if you wish, and go out on their website, firsttea.org, and read about them and understand why they teach these to the kids that come through that program. So that list of the nine core values starts with honesty, it's integrity, responsibility, respect, courtesy, sportsmanship, judgment, perseverance, and then lastly, confidence. Don't mistake confidence for arrogance. But I think confidence is a huge core value there because if you have confidence in who you are, Again, not arrogance. 
you tend to want to persevere better. You're going to show better sportsmanship. It kind of trickles down to all those other things that I mentioned. How many times have we encountered someone that clearly did not have a lot of self-confidence and then they lack the honesty, the integrity, or maybe they dislike respect for other people and courtesy? So it all starts with you. It all starts with ourselves, having confidence in who you are, and that can really help you with all those other core values that I mentioned. Again, I highly encourage you to go to their website, firsttea.org, research that, or just research it on your own if you don't go to their website, just understanding what those mean and just remind, sometimes we just got to be reminded of those things and that will not only help us out there on the golf course, but again, will help us in life, help us become better people, help us become, help us to make things around us and people around us, places around us better off because we are displaying those characteristics. Thank you for taking the time to listen to these etiquette reminders. I know that if you saw that in the title of the podcast, you're like, I don't know if I want to check that out. I I know what etiquette's all about. I, I display etiquette. Maybe you do. Great. But it doesn't hurt to be reminded by that. Or again, if you've listened to this or you know someone that just does not display that etiquette you think they should, refer them to the podcast or maybe you have that conversation with them, whether it's a family member, whether it's a friend, whoever, don't be afraid to reach out to them. Kind of remind them about the importance of etiquette, not only in the game of golf, but in the game of life. Thank you so much. Good luck, and go out there and work on that etiquette, and let's make this game even better. This game, Doc, is ain't about hitting some little white ball in some yonder hole. It's about inner demons, self-doubt, human frailty, and overcoming all that crap. If you want to take control of your health and feel so much better, I encourage you to check out Pure on Main. They have two locations on Main Street in downtown Greenville across from the Hyatt, and another location on Cannon Street in beautiful downtown Greer. Pure on Main provides you with essential services and products, allowing you to live a healthier, more fulfilling life. Pure on Main is one of the most exclusive and unique health and wellness centers in the upstate. They've been nominated as one of Greenville's best wellness centers for five consecutive years. Do you want to improve your endurance, increase your mobility in your golf swing, or get rid of joint pains? I can assure you Betsy and her staff are passionate about helping you improve your life. They have stores filled with beneficial items for your body and your soul. They also provide services such as colon hydrotherapy, massage therapy, ionic foot detox, and wellness consulting. Pure on Main is dedicated to helping and serving their community. Please give them a call and let them recommend top-of-the-line products that are results-driven. I get all of my wellness supplements from them, and I feel amazing. Visit their website at pureonmain.com. Again, that's pureonmain.com where you can purchase their phenomenal products or you can visit their downtown locations in Greenville and Greer. So what are you waiting for? Start living healthier and pure with the help of Pure on Maine. You won't regret it. That mean old nasty win. I don't know of anybody that particularly enjoys playing in a gnarly win. You know, that one that's just beating you down, right in your face. The only time it's fun to play in the win is when it's at your back and you can gain 20 to 30, maybe even more yards on your drive. Other than that, the wind can be a bear. It can be so frustrating, just like the rain. I mean, honestly, I'm not a big fan of playing in the wind. I think I'd rather play in rain than I would win. I don't know. It's just something about it psychologically that messes with me. But I will say I'm hindering myself from the get-go. I already have a bad attitude about it. And if I go into a windy day with that attitude, with that frame of mind, 
it's going to beat me every single time. So I've got to overcome that, try to think more positive, right? And just have a better perspective on it. And that's what I want you to have today. And I had to really work at that because even though I don't like it to this day playing in the wind, I do have a much better perspective on it because I'm educated on how to play in it. And therefore, I feel a little more confident when I get in those elements because I know what to do. And that's the feeling that I want you to have after listening to this episode today. Confidence, assurance, and just getting up there and hitting the shot you know you can hit no matter what the conditions are. So I'm going to give you some good tips that's going to help you in this situation and get you shooting lower scores in those windy conditions. So get ready to take some notes. Well, we're waiting. All right, first and foremost, I want you to think of the phrase, when it's breezy, swing easy. That's easy to remember, right? When it's breezy, swing easy. And I see the opposite happen when the wind starts picking up. Golfers feel like, especially when it's in their face, they golfers feel like you got to swing harder because there's a stiff wind blowing right at me here. But it's the opposite effect. It's actually going to hurt you by swinging harder. And the reason that is, is because when you swing harder, you're going to just increase your spin rate. And this is going to cause the ball to elevate a lot. And it may even cause it to curve to the right or left too much with the wind. You just cannot defeat the wind by swinging harder. So swing a little bit easier. Think about a 75% swing when the wind is pretty stout that day. That's a good rule of thumb that will help you not only reduce the spin rate, but by reducing your tempo, by reducing the amount of speed you're putting on it, you've got a really good chance of catching that ball flush right off the center of the club face, and that's going to help you a whole lot better than it would catching it off the heel or the toe. So completely opposite from what you may have thought, don't swing hard in the wind. When it's breezy, I want you to swing easy. So when the wind's blowing, we typically have issues with balance, right? It may be blowing us backwards, maybe blowing us side to side, whatever the case may be. So you got to maintain balance in the golf swing when it's windy outside. To do this, maybe think about widening your stance a little bit. I try to teach shoulder width apart from the inside of the feet up to the shoulders with your irons. I would honestly play your irons where you would play your wood, slightly wider than shoulder width and just a little wider than that when you have your woods in your hand. Another thing you can do as well is tee the ball lower. That's going to help that ball stay lower and penetrate that wind a little bit better if you're on the tee, obviously. So tee it lower. That'll help penetrate that wind a little bit better for you as well. But balance is key. I mean, I don't care what you're doing. If you're swinging on a nice sunny day or if it's the wind, if the wind's blowing 20 miles per hour, you got to be balanced throughout the entire golf swing. What we're trying to do there is just kind of lower that center of gravity and just provide you with really good balance throughout the entire golf swing whenever we widen that stance. Make sure to take a couple practice swings before you actually hit your golf shot because if you're not feeling too balanced in your practice swing, then keep doing that until you do feel your feet underneath you. And I'm not saying stay out there and make 10 practice swings and hold up pace of play, but you'll know what I'm talking about. You'll get out there, you'll make a couple, and you'll feel if your feet are under you or if they're not, and just try to make a, a more rhythmic, controlled swing until you do feel balanced and then you have a really good chance of beating that win. When it's windy outside, we sometimes forget to play that wind and we can actually use it to our advantage a little bit. So take the time to really gauge which direction the wind's blowing. If it's blowing from right to left or left to right, maybe it's behind you or maybe it's dead in your face. 
Take some grass, throw it up in the air. That'll really give you an idea. It's an old school way of testing the wind conditions. I'll be honest with you. I've been guilty of, in the past of rushing into my golf shop because I'm already uncomfortable playing in the wind as it is. I want to get it over with. Just hurry up. Get me back to the cart. Let's get to the next shot. And I have forgotten to take into account what the wind's doing. And then, therefore, my shot could be 20 to 30 yards offline or short or long, depending on what's going on there. But as you, as I mentioned earlier, if the wind's at your back, man, that's a huge advantage for you. You can really bomb it off the tee and take advantage of that. So be conscientious of that. Maybe you play the wind. If it's a right-to-left wind, maybe you aim to the right, hit a draw, let take that, let the wind take it, and it's even further, especially if it's a dogleg left. You're really going to take advantage of it there. So look at the whole design, dogleg left, dogleg right, which way is the wind coming in. It doesn't take very long to just really stand back and evaluate that. Last thing you want to do as well is to underclub. If you've got a wind in your face and you normally would hit a seven iron, you probably should have took a six. And I'll kind of jump into that a little bit later on how to gauge that. I cannot express enough the importance of adjusting to the wind direction, taking your time to evaluate that and set up accordingly and choose the right club for your shot based on what that wind is doing. As I mentioned earlier, with teeing the ball lower, it kind of flights the ball lower. So ball position is going to greatly enhance that as well. You don't want to play the ball too far forward in your stance because that's going to encourage you to sweep up at it, thus getting the ball in the air too high. Wind takes it, and who knows where it's going at that point. So you might want to take your ball position, bump it back just a little bit. When I say just a little bit, maybe back of center, one ball back of center for your irons. And maybe it's where you would play a mid-iron with your driver, or maybe it's where you would play your hybrid with your driver. So playing that ball back just, again, gets that ball flighted down better to penetrate that wind and just make it more controllable. Also, what can help you there as well is finishing your golf swing lower. So if you finish low, typically the ball is going to stay low. Someone asked Tiger once, how does he hit that beautiful stinger, when he, especially when he's playing in the Open Championship? He just has this knack for hitting this beautiful stinger that stays below the wind, runs out forever. And his answer to the question was, well, if I want to hit the ball lower, I adjust my ball position, I move it back in my stance, and I finish lower. So if I finish low, the ball's going to stay low. If I finish high, the ball's going to go high. So kind of think about that. Really work on your finish position. Kind of sawing it off, I like to say sawing it off at the end, shortening it up on the follow-through to help get that ball flight down a little bit for you. So again, ball position, really important. Evaluate that. Take your time in your setup. Make sure it's positioned correctly to get you that desired ball flight to cheat that win. And the last thing I want to talk to you about is how to choose the right club when you're in the wind. The rule of thumb is for every 10 mile an hour of wind that may be in your face or at your back, you want to add a club or take away a club. For example, if you're at 170 yards to the center of the green and you normally hit a six iron, but there's about 10 miles an hour of wind in your face, you might want to go with that five. And just the opposite, if you're 175 yards away from the green and you're going to hit that six, but you have a 10 mile an hour wind behind you, maybe you want to take that seven iron instead. So just kind of understanding how wind speeds can affect the distance your ball go, that really helps a lot in determining which club you want to go with. So I want to keep this short and sweet for you in terms of how to beat windy conditions. So in summary, I want you to swing easy. Remember, 
when it's breezy, swing easy. Stay balanced. Maybe widen your stance a little bit to help with that. Play the wind direction and be observant of that and and take your time to evaluate that. Look at your ball position. Consider finishing lower. Consider shortening the follow-through to help keep that ball low. And then understanding how wind can affect club selection and the distance your ball will go with that club based on the, the mile per hour of that wind. Next time you're out there in those windy conditions, maybe play this podcast before you go out there. Maybe you're on your way to the course. You looked at the forecast. You see it's going to be a real breezy day. Pull this up. Put it. To, put the earbuds in or listen to it in your car. Be reminded of this. Take notes of it like I always encourage you to do. Maybe put it in your golf bag, and that'll help you as well. But just go out there with more confidence. Don't let that wind get in your head. Don't let it beat you before you even step out there on the golf course. You've got some really good tips now that's going to help you defeat those windy conditions. Go out there with confidence. Know you can do it and play the round of your life in those windy conditions. That is a wrap on episode number 24. Congratulations on finishing this episode. Thank you, as always, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to push that play button no matter what you're doing, no matter where you are, I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Remember, you can always go back and listen to this episode again if you want to take notes on anything you might have heard in this podcast. I hope that you learned a lot about the etiquette, and those were really good reminders for you, or maybe you learned something new in listening to that. And then if you know someone who is lacking in all of these areas, or maybe some of these areas of etiquette, please let them know about the podcast. Tell them about it. Tell them to go listen to it because that could help them as well. And also, I hope it really helps you to understand how to hit that golf ball in those windy conditions. And when you get out there in those conditions, you'll feel a lot more comfortable, a lot more confident in how to hit your golf shot and pierce it through that wind. Remember, you can go back and listen to past episodes in the archives. Maybe you want to refresh your memory on the knowledge I gave you, or you want to listen to a past interview I did, or Maybe you just forgot to listen. You meant to listen to episode number 20, but just never got around to it. Whatever the case may be, there's 23 other episodes prior to this one. You can always go back and listen to those episodes in the archives on whatever platform you're listening on. Don't forget to tell people you know about the podcast and just help me grow the game of golf. That's what this is about. Growing our golfing community and growing my audience, your help and your consideration is tremendously appreciated on that. If you feel like I deserve it, go out there and give me that five-star rating on the Apple platform and write a good review if you feel like it. Doing so will just help this podcast become more noticeable and I can help others with their game as well. Don't forget that episode number 25 will drop in two weeks. It's going to be on August the 4th, so be on the lookout for that. I have more great topics for you to listen to to help you improve your game. Until the next episode, I hope you hit your drives long and straight, hit more greens in regulation, drain more putts, and of course, get out there and have a great time. Have fun. Don't ever lose sight of that. Don't forget to do something nice for someone today. And remember, together, let's go forth to a better golf game. You've been listening to the Go Forth and Golf Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to receive alerts on new episodes. For more information, please follow us on social media at Go Forth Golf Instruction or visit our website at GoForthGolfInstruction.com. Remember, together, let's go forth to a better golf game.